0: You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name is Trent Fleskins, your host as always. This week, we have a really insightful chat. We're talking about the land sales that have happened over the last few months. It's been a real crazy roller coaster ride since the grants were introduced on the 4th of June this year. Uh, stark difference from 4th of June 2019. The one man I want to talk to about this is someone we've had him before. It's Damon Strang from Able Property. Mate, thanks very much for coming in again. Thanks for having me again, Trent. It's good to be back. You guys will remember Damon from our Coburn Central episode last year where we did t- touch on really... Uh, probably our only and first conversation about land sales, given that Coburn Central area is really still a, a bit of a land development area. And I think it's great to have Damon back a year later to tell us what the hell's been going on in this crazy uh, world the last few months. Yeah, no,
1: once again, thanks for having me, Trent. Last three, four months have probably been something that I haven't seen before. As you know, I've been doing this about 16 years, both on the East Coast and West Coast, seen booms, seen recessions. The amount of activity. In new home and land and land over the past three and a half, four months, I've not seen it before like it is. It's all the grants? The grants from those within the industry, uh, a massive thank you to, to Mr. Morrison and Mr. McGowan, and I'm sure there's a lot of customers out there also thanking them. It has made a big difference to the industry. What you've seen is the number of people who want to get in and have brought their decision forward to get into the market. You would say it's been directly because of those
0: grants. And would as you say said, it's a bit of a vacuum situation where it's brought people forward? Maybe people that might have been planning for a house and land decision in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two suddenly going, "Well, look, let's do it now whilst we can." Yeah, without doubt. And when when you see these grants, and we've seen we've seen incentives before uh,
1: over the years, they always bring some people forward. And why wouldn't it? I mean, if if you said to most people, "I'm, I'm going to give you 45, 55 grand," and they're thinking about it anyway, then if they're thinking about it anyway and it was right for them, yes, by all means, why
0: wouldn't you bring the decision forward? It's probably also pulled a lot of people out of the established market. Even, you know, ironically though, the established market is up another 40, 50 percent year on year anyway.
1: Yeah, So, and you, you will always with these incentives. If you're getting incentives in the new home market, not the established market, yes, you're going to get some who go, okay, let me get something new. The activity's
0: been great. On a year-on-year basis, can you set the scene for us? End of September 2019, set me the scene right now.
1: Yeah, so if you look at if year-on-year, and these are stats from the UDIA, you're looking in June alone as a month, land sales are up 494%. If you look at July... Three hundred
0: ninety-four point six percent. If you look at August, nearly a hundred percent. Yeah. So, okay. so four times the amount of activity in June year on year. Yeah. Four times the amount of activity in July year on year, and double activity in August September. I guess will will probably be still year on year larger, but probably are you seeing then? I guess we're starting to settle down as the, you know, we've soaked up most of that pool of people who would have into house and land in the first place?
1: You're starting to see it settle down. The activity is still really strong and a lot stronger than pre-COVID. I expect probably another rush to come before the grants end. It's also going to, I think, depend. There's a lot of talk at the moment whether they're going to extend the delivery time for these grants, and I think that'd be the right thing to do. I think they've been good. I think, yes, you need to have an end date in terms of when customers sign up to their, their house and land, I think to take pressure off some of the builders and to ensure the build quality remains as high as it should be. I think they need to look at how they extend the delivery time of the grants.
0: What about the contract sign date? Do you think there's I think there needs to be work and-
1: there as well. Oh, look, I think there needs to be an end date. Look, the builders, and we've got some of the best builders in the country, they
0: are under pressure because of the volumes to, to churn out the build contracts to make sure everyone's eligible for the grants. Well, I've already had that conversation with Summit, for example. Mm. Last week, they said to me, uh, look, Trent, anything from now on that possibly came across our door, we are not uh, going to be able to have the contract signed before the 31st of December. That's yeah. three months away. I know,
1: and that's that shows you the, the amount of activity. Look, it it's a tough one because I think with anything like this there needs to be a start and an end date. Yes, I think how do you look at taking the pressure off some of these organisations so people don't miss out or people aren't disadvantaged. The last thing I'd want to see as someone in the industry and been doing a long time is that, you know, Mr and Mrs. Jones miss out on the grants because their build contract, you know, yeah. took a few they extra. They signed weeks. up in
0: September. But yeah. there weren't enough contracts officers around in Western Australia to actually enact that contract before the end of the year, exactly four right. months later. You know? yeah, exactly
1: right. That, that would not be the right That's not a scenario. just thing. And I don't think that's the intent of it. I think builders are doing as much as they can. But once again, there's only so many people they can have do certain roles because there's not always qualified people out there. So it's, it is a, probably a slight quandary as to how they handle it. I probably
0: don't think anyone foresaw the amount of activity in Western Australia been saying this for a while damon mm. western australia is a sleeping giant mm. there is so much money in western australia it's been sitting very dormantly and quietly being invested in the east coast mm. expats uh, people you know going over to london new york victoria queen uh, queensland new south wales to invest or live for a little while everyone starts coming back there's still a lot of wh- money that was made in the boom that hasn't been lost and it, uh, it's probably starting to rear its head very quickly now
1: Look, it'd be great for the state. I'd agree with you. And having come from the East, I think Western Australia's got so much to offer everyone. And I probably think it hasn't been... The Western Australian story hasn't been sold as well as it could have both in Australia and overseas. So if we do start, we're already starting to see people move back who have lived overseas, lived in the state. The more that come back, the the better for, for our state. And I think the better for our economy as a whole as
0: well. Okay, so walk us through... if. From you know, from now on, in October, November, December, if we were looking to purchase a piece of land, what would the environment be right now in terms of calling Damon Strang and asking, you know, what's available compared to maybe last year? Because I know last year it was like, take your pick, which one do you want? You know, it's all there now. What's it like? Is there actually stock still available? There's the stock available. What I, what is it the shit I, stuff left over or is it the no, stuff... There's still a lot of good
1: stuff. Yeah, there's still a lot of good stuff. Look, the, the developers as well are very good at what they do. Yes, you'll be you'll be buying untitled land in some scenarios. and but I know Does a, that matter? I personally don't think it does. I know a lot of people will get told you have to have a title block of land, etc. It's not necessarily the case. I wouldn't suggest buying a title block over an untitled lot if it's not what you want. I still think you can get what you want... Yes, everyone, when it comes to whether well, they buy a established house, build a new house, has to make compromise. But I still think, while well, some people in the industry may not want me to say this in terms of you have to rush and do it now, yes, there's some urgency. Yes, you've got to act sooner rather than later. But I'd still suggest at least take some time, do some due diligence, because there's still opportunities to get what you want out there.
0: Well, in this situation, the eligibility of the grants doesn't require it to be titled today. Exactly just right. This requires that it has been approved by the government before the end of this year, right? Exactly right. And a build contract signed before the end of this year. So you can have the proposal lot, you know what the dimensions will be, mm. signed up and contracted by the end of this year with the builder you choose, and then it will be titled sometime before it starts building because it takes months to go from signing to site anyway.
1: Exactly right. And I think that's, that's a very good point you make, Trent, because there are still builders who will... Produce build contracts on untitled stock. There are some builders I've spoken to who are still taking transactions on stock that titles January, February, March next year. Yes, if you can get a titled lot that is what you want, by all means transact and transact quickly because titled lots are still few and far between. If that titled lot is not exactly what you want, I think spend a week, two weeks seeing if there's an untitled lot that suits you need. And find a builder that is happy to, to work with you on that because, as I said, whilst there's urgency, yes, they need to act sooner rather than later, just make sure you take that time, sit back
0: for a few nights and go, okay, are we getting the right thing for us? Talking about the right thing for us, there obviously has been a fervor around um, going in and just grabbing land mm-hmm. to get the money, right? get the free money. Yeah. And surely you, you provide a bit of an update on the fact that, yes, there has been free money, but also we're not getting any discounts anymore on land. Uh, The prices are probably a bit more firm given the demand and supply. Correct. So, you know, compared to a year ago where you could probably negotiate, twist Damon Strang's arm a little bit to get a cheaper price on that land, you're not doing that now really, are you? You're not really getting those discounts like you were a year ago. So it's a bit of a give and take. Exactly right. That's just the market. The the market
1: is the market It's supply and demand. My sellers who are all exceptional at what they do, supply and demand, there's no discounting at the moment. Yeah. Um, if you get one, fantastic,
0: good luck to you, but they're very few and far between. And not that you could really speak on their behalf, but the, the same reality really sits with the building companies as well. A year ago, they were nearly building it for free at the end of the day, from my understanding at least with what we've done. Now, they're making their money. Their profit line's back in because they don't need to build for free anymore. They're building at their full profit line. Uh, and therefore, the reality is, whilst look, you know, we look at this and go, "Does oh, Jesus, 20, 25, the 10, the free stand, you could have $69,000 of free stuff coming to you for being a part of this house and land boom. On the flip side, you are paying premium for the build and you are paying premium for the land. So, just be aware of that and make really prudent decisions is what I would say to all listeners out there. If, if Don't just rush in for the sake of free money because you, there is no free lunch. In property? Yes. There's people in the
1: market who have taken their time who are transacting. So they've done their due diligence, they're transacting. So when we say, yes, be prudent, take a bit of time, people need to. Also though, be prepared that if you are going to take that bit of extra time, you may miss out on a certain lot, on a certain build. Because as I said, there's a lot of people in the market. There's a lot of people who are going through the same process. Some are in a position to transact quicker than others. So if you do miss out, be prepared for that. You've probably just got to do your research, your due diligence quicker than what you would have 12 months ago. Well, not you you would have to. You have to do your due diligence quicker than 12 months ago. And look, in terms of price, when when you look at UDA figures around price with land, it actually hasn't gone up that much. You're correct in saying whilst the list price haven't gone up, any discounting on negotiations gone but there hasn't been as much price growth as you'd probably expect. In terms of builders, yes, some promotions have been taken away and some of the fruit, as we call it. In fairness to builders as well, though, what some people don't understand in this market is when the demand for the builds is so high, they've obviously got trades, they've got to pay, etc. Rates go up as well. Suppliers
0: put oh, their look, rates, rates have up. So have gone up massively. Yeah. A year ago, Dale Alcott was paying around 80 cents a brick mm. for his brickies. Now, you know, you've got a Facebook page, unions that are saying, look, we're going to demand $2 a brick by the end of the year. You think about what that does to the cost structure of a builder. Yeah, oh, Most of it's brick. And that, yeah, and you you see it with bricks. You see it then with suppliers. Yeah, plasterers and everything. It's, yeah. it,
1: it's hard. So I think with customers, yes, you're not probably getting the discounts you'd expect off land or builders, but... There's a reason behind it. It's not necessarily they're just trying to make more money. There is a reason behind it. Costs go up, et cetera. I still
0: think in Western Australia as a whole, the value for house and land is good. You obviously focus a lot around the Coburn area. You see a lot of the established market as well. The house and land industry isn't the be-all and end-all as well as it. There's still a lot of good sort of established stock on the market that could also be a good deal. Is it, well, I think it's worth considering and talking about that too, that whilst we're not getting any grants in the established market, uh, specifically in the Coburn area that, that uh, you operate in, there are some deals around still because it's the, you know at the expense of popularity of the house and land market right now. As a
1: general in WA, yes, we, we talk about innovation and s- certain types of housing that are required to meet demands of the market. I look at the market as a whole... And I believe there's, you know, for ninety-nine hundred people, there's a housing solution out there. Whether it be new house and land, whether it be established, you know, whether it be apartment, whether it be a townhouse, I do think there's a good spread. Now, yes, there's work to do and, and industry bodies and the industry as a whole is working towards filling those gaps. I think as a customer, as we've said, you've got to take your time and do what's right for you. Building isn't going to be for everyone buying establishes isn't going to be for everyone. An apartment's not going to be for everyone. You really need to sit down with a single couple, family, extended family. How do you want to live? The location you want to live? What lifestyle?
0: When do you want to move in? Because obviously if exactly. you're doing a house and land, it's, it's close to a year before you can move in.
1: Exactly right. So there's all those factors, Trent. The people, I just think, need to take stock. Even if you go back to the good old get a piece of paper, pros and cons and really analyse Okay, what's going to work for us, as I said, as a family, a couple, whatever, and what do we, we really want. And I think if you do that, I think you'll find a solution, whether it be established close to the city, whether it be a new home, slightly out of the city. As I said, I think there's a solution for everyone. Yes, you've got to be willing to make compromise. I mean, there's not many people I come across who've got an unlimited budget. So yes, at some stage, you've got to go, OK, what's a must-have, what isn't?
0: And then align that with, OK, which route do you go down? Now, once the building grants eligibility time frame has elapsed, mm. where do you see the land market being from that point? It's hard to know and hard to have a crystal ball, or understand, but some people using general economic theory would say that uh, we have sucked out two or three years' worth of buyers in the space of two or three months. The land is going to be coming on again because it's all started very quickly. The the machine has ramped up to fourth gear very quickly and planning is. You know, creating more titles left, right, and center. Where are the buyers going to come from? And is it possible that you, know, you look at March next year... There's another great deal with a bit of discount ready to go on the next land development in, you know in and around Coburn, for example. That's the great unknown and a good question, Trent. And I think a lot of people in the industry are
1: asking the same question, and I'm sure there's customers out there who who want to know the answer. Look, I'm I'm still positive. You know, you do wonder is once the grants have gone, is there going to be a market? Are there still going to be customers? I think the big plus, and we spoke about it off air, is I think the big plus is. Perth and West Australia has seen migration that it hasn't seen in over five years. I think, you know, one good thing to come out of COVID, whilst there hasn't been a lot, one good thing is, from West Australia point of view and economic point of view, is a lot of people have gone, you know what, I want to be back in WA. Safe it's haven. a safe haven. It's a safe haven. And it's a great lifestyle. It's a great place to raise kids. It's a great place for families. So I think some people who've lived overseas, living in the state, have gone, you know what, let's go home. Now's the time, and I think that's going to drive a lot more people back to WA, which will drive the economy and will still drive the need for more supply of house and land.
0: Well, the I guess the proof is in the pudding. The data doesn't lie. And I think we've, sp- we've spoken about like this on air before, this data, but I'll reiterate it again. From 2010 to 2015, we had 105,000 people net enter Western Australia. From 2016 to 2019, we had 13,000 people net enter Western Australia. And now in 2020, since COVID, uh, we've had a cap on... 500 people per week coming into Western Australia lifted up to what will be 1,000 people a week because of the demand. So when you extrapolate that over a year, that suddenly becomes quite a large population increase compared to the last two sets of five-year periods. So when supply has been pretty low, supply of trades to build those new builds and to, you know, even just production of titles, I'll, I'll admit, over that time has been pretty low as well, I guess there is an argument that especially in the more inner city areas of land estates in Perth, where they're more infill around uh, replacing primary schools and high schools in existing suburbs, I'd be really keen on those areas. Uh, there is an argument that price growth and at least price stability in the land estates uh, is here to stay. Yeah, and you made the point earlier about WA being a sleeping giant. Your you figures, you've just.
1: You've just mentioned prove that. I mean, fifty. if we go to 1,000 a week, 52,000 over a year, and we'll 13,000 over the last five years, that's significant. And as I said, I think that would just be good for the whole the economy as a whole. Once again, those people coming back, I think when they come back from overseas or interstate, they do see maybe different ways to live, different lifestyles, et cetera. So it'll be very interesting to see when these people come back, the lifestyle they choose, because traditionally Western Australia has been the Australian dream, the bigger block, the bigger backyard be very interesting to see where these people start transacting given they were probably in apartments exactly if, if they've been in europe they're in townhouse apartments similarly if they're over east probably a similar product so it'll be very interesting to see when they come back where the transactions start happening is it close to the city will some go back to wanting that australian dream big backyard with the kids so it would be interesting to monitor the next 12 months the the hot spots
0: interestingly enough the early data is actually showing and i guess you know lends a little bit to the socioeconomic space of a lot of ex- expats. But they're all pushing into the western suburbs. The western suburbs haven't had such a demand supply uh, issue for a few years now. I guess a lot of the money comes from expats coming back from London and New York and those sort of places, uh, Southeast Asia. The western suburbs have been pummeled with people just buying without even arriving in Perth yet, based on photos and walkthroughs. However, you're right, it does filter down through to apartments uh, and also into the suburbs uh, for people who are at that price point too. So the reality is, on the broad base, as an extension to the land chat we've had today, the stats keep showing that we're in for some good times finally. We've been calling it for a couple of years now. So it's good to get an update from you, Damon, as to just what we've been seeing over the last few months. It has been craziness. It looks like it's starting to settle, but it's still stronger than it was year on year. It won't go back to probably the June, July, August figures.
1: Selfishly, that'll be great for me. But I think now we'll just see, we'll see the transactions start to keep going at a steady rate. Everyone in the industry probably wants to go to a steady amount of transactions month on month with some price growth. Reliability. Reliability. And I think that's what we will see. And I think that's what everyone wants to see. Fingers crossed it happens. You know, for those who are still considering it, look, the grants are a a major thing and for a lot of people, a significant amount of money. So if you are thinking about it and I said, if it's right for you, I'd suggest you do transact before the end of the year, because whilst we are predicting here, it's still going to remain positive in 2021. I probably wouldn't want to leave it
0: to chance when I've got $55,000 $55,000 on the table. Bonus last question. Mm. For those people who have been looking at blocks that have been snuffed up very quickly by the market and have been really disappointed, uh, one reality that I'm pretty certain about is whilst, you know, let's say, 100 blocks have been sold in a week, I would have thought that at least 30 of those won't actually transact at the end of the day because of uh, lack of finance, uh, builders not being able to get things done in time and handing the work back. Uh, are you seeing any evidence yet of... People handing the lots that have been you know put under finance back onto the market and then you being able to call someone and say, Look, great news, this one's come back on. Do you think there will be a bit of that at least for people? Trent, you it, it happens in a normal market, it happens in a, a
1: not so good market, it happens in a really positive market. Yes, not everyone who transacts, unfortunately for them, will get finance and therefore be able to, to build their home. So yes, we do see that. I expect that to happen over the, the next three, four, five months, as I expect it to happen for the next 20 years so I think it's important for people as well who who are in the market stay close to those that are advising you or the agents you're working with um, because yes you will see some lots come back to the market unfortunately for those people who
0: who don't have the finance to move forward as an agent the natural first thing for you when you get a phone call to say sorry this lot's being handed back the next thing you do is look through your list and go, "Who do I call? Who was interested in this block?" Right? Exactly right. And look,
1: that's that's where we mentioned earlier: being ready, do due diligence, and be ready to transact. If we do have something come back to market, as I said, the demand's still there. We'll look at who's in the best position. You know, who's looked through their finance and has got a level of eligibility or pre approval who's ready transact is the ones we'll go to. We can't turn around, unfortunately, because I, I represent my sellers and I have to do the best thing by them. We can't turn around and say to someone, okay, we'll hold that lot for a month for you while you figure, it out, figure, figure it. it out. We'll go back through those who've stayed in touch, those who are really looking at making the move and, and see if we can assist them.
0: Damon Strang, really appreciate your time today, mate. It's a, it's a good insight just to confirm where we're at, the craziness we've had, some of the more practical understandings of the market right now and where we might be heading in the future thank you very much. I think it'd be really good to get an update from you sometime in the next few months just to see where the dust has settled. Yeah, I'm more than happy to come back.
1: And I I agree with you. If we sit down in January, Feb, once this has all gone through and the grants have maybe ended, we don't know if they'll get extended, but likely to end. um, Yeah, be good to catch up and, and see where we sit. Thanks, mate. Have a good day. You too.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show.